1: The drug I might be on I spit bars I take bars the the bogey in the jar Yo, yo, yo What, it, what do, it do, my brother What it do, man Oh, man Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Skybox Champion Chills, chills and Champs Good evening, everyone C&C, though. How was your weekend, man? Weekend was good. Weekend was pretty good, and I've had a busy day today. Like, Jesus Christ, like, there's no rest for the weary. But it is what it is, man. I'm ready to do this.
0: So let's go. Oh, man,
1: where should we start at? Where where can we start? I mean, we can't start, you know, with the MLB playoffs since, you know, you know, that's that's going on right now. They're getting ready to hit the um N L C S uh, they're in the N L C S right now. Uh the Cubs and the Mets are um the Cubs and the Mets are in the N L C S and then, um who's in the A L C S? Hold on, I'm about to see right now. I don't have it up yet, you know, because. I said, I just Warriors. I just got the phone on a, doing a guest spot, so I'm, like, trying to catch up. Let me see. The Orioles and Blue Jays. Yes. The Orioles and Blue Jays? No, the Royals. Kansas City. Oh, the Royals and the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, and right now the Royals lead that series three games to one. And – because uh, they've already played today. They played. They planned today. They played today, and it's um, yeah. They're up three to one. You got uh, let's see. Well, I think this game. The, the, this game right here, Royals. Yeah, now KC leads the series two, after the Blue Jays won today. The, the Mets and the the Mets and the um, and the Cubs are playing right now, and they're in the bottom of the fifth inning. And they're trying to determine who's going to win that one. Uh, the Mets actually have the lead in the series and currently have a lead in the game. They have a lead in the game six to one, and they lead the series three to nothing. Which means if they win this game; it's a sweep, and they're going to the World Series. Uh, you know, the Cubbies hopefully don't. You know, are hoping that they don't end up, you know, crapping the bed, so to speak. But, yeah, pretty um, much. But you know, I gotta with? be completely honest, I have barely kept up with the MLB playoffs, you know, after the Nats shit the bed this week the, uh this season. I haven't really paid much attention yeah. to it, I'm not gonna even lie. But you know, I, you know, hopefully with the World Series, if the Mets make the World Series, I definitely wanna see it. Because I wanna see if they're gonna win a championship, to be honest with you. That's just me. Honestly, I wanna see the Cubs though. I wanna see if they get in the street. I want to see the Cubs get it done. Well, they got a long road to hold though. They they definitely got a long road to go. The Cubbies, if they want to make the World Series and break that curse, uh, they like I said, they got to win the night. They got to basically win out the rest of the series in order to make make it. And right now, they they're, it's not looking good for them even on this night. Because if they lose this one, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the end of the road here, you know? One more stand in the corner. The Browns having to bring up that brings the like play to end. It is what it is. I think, I think the Warriors are going to win it all, though. You think so? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Royals' match, but I think the Royals are going to do it. I mean, they came so close last year. And honestly, I think they can pull it out. I think they can pull it out this year. Plus, I mean, what that would mean to the city of Kansas City. I mean, you know it would mean a lot to the city of Kansas City for them, like especially after the run they went on last year. The one running right. round last year where they won the one game playoff to get into the division, the divisional round and then making that run, I really think that you know this will be such a big boost for that city for them to win that championship. It would be so much of a boost. I mean this is a city that hasn't won a championship in thirty years to the ball, the- last year was their first playoff appearance play-off and World Series appearance in 29 years. This year, they're one game away from repeating as American League champions, and they have a chance to actually do that. I mean, I like their chances. I like their chances
0: in
1: the World Series. Well, I'm, let's, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, they, they lost tonight. They lost tonight, so... They still got another game to to, to try to win against uh, the Blue Jays in order to move on. The Blue Jays have won, you know, World Series championships a little bit more recently than they have, but we'll see what happens. I can't wait. Right. And then, uh, you know, college football, you know, Maryland. Maryland was off this, this past week, so... You know, really can't talk about what you know what kind of changes they made with the new head coach and everything like that. But yep. um, you know, it is what huh. you know. We'll see what happens. Hey, let's talk. Let's actually get into college football. Uh, over the weekend, the University of Michigan played Michigan State. Yeah, the game. In- this is the game where the punter pretty much dropped the ball, and it's a state, recovers, and scores. It was the game. Honestly, I think that might be I, – I I, I, I I wouldn't call that an upset. However, that play there might actually be one of the top plays of this year. I mean, top plays and top first plays it might it might get a little bit of both that play really was like amazing, and the reaction that came from that play was even more awe inspiring and amazing like there was actually a video. I'm not even lying to you. I saw it on Facebook. There was a video of a Michigan fan in their Michigan garb Michigan get everything a fan. In the stands, crying, crying, real tears after that game was over. Crying real friggin' tears. I was just like, holy crap. That's how much of a a shock that play was that, you know, a fan was in the stands crying, had to be consoled. People don't realize that. People take college football extremely, extremely seriously. That is true. Extremely seriously. You know they they love they love the college football. They love you know you know their alma mater or anything like that. They take it seriously. So that's how much that should show you how much that play was a backbreaker to Michigan fans. But how much of a uh euphoric boost that was for MSU fans I mean they need something to cheer about cuz they're one of their one of their uh one of their alumni who's in the NFL is not doing too well right about now so they need something to share about Oh wow hey, hey, we are going to bring this up a little bit later um Yeah yeah and I just talked about that earlier on, on another show on, on on our sister network. And, yeah, so we, we'll get into that later. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, it's just college, the one thing about college football that people got to understand is that, you know, it's passion. There's a lot of passion that goes into college, into You know, a lot of people, you know, the kids are out there playing you know they're playing on scholarships. They they're not getting paid. You know they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they love the game. They love the, the they love to play the game, and they only want to. They just they want to play the game, and so you know it, it's pure. It's it's pure to a point, and but the only other but and then you see the passion from the fans. Like no matter how bad. No matter how bad a team is playing, you'll still see a packed stadium because no matter exactly. how bad a team is playing these the students and alma mater will still support that team. You don't see that in a professional game the professional game um the professional game. You know, you'll see a lot of empty seats if the team's playing badly. You'll barely get a sellout, which means the game ends up getting blacked out or some other, you know, b- some other BS. But in college, you'll see, you won't see hardly any empty seats. You won't because you they're still going to support that team. Because a college football game is a great experience. You know, trust me, I know, I actually, when I was in college down at Virginia State, I went to a college football game, and it's an experience, and VSU was a Division three school, and they still could put people, they could still put people in the seats. It's a it's a fun experience. It's a fun, fun experience. And you know, if, if any, if, anything, if anybody who's a sports fan out there doesn't do anything in their life, you have not experienced a college football game, whether it be D1, D2, D3, what have you, you owe it to yourself to go and take in a college football game. You owe it to yourself.
0: Yeah, that is you so it true.
1: You. I mean, for me, that's one of the greatest experiences you'll ever have.
0: Honestly,
1: uh, matter of fact, I don't think I've been to a college game. Yeah, like I said, I went to a a couple of VSU games because again, I was going to VSU at the time, so I went to a couple of them. And at the time when I was a freshman, uh, my roommate was actually a backup uh, offensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I mean, that was my that was my one exposure to one little bit of exposure to uh, college football. I really do want to go to like a University of Maryland game. And check yeah. that you know, check them out and see how you know, see the experience at Bird because 'cause I've only been to Bird Stadium once and that was when my uh, my high school uh Bishop McNamara was in the um the, the conference championship and it was played at Bird Stadium uh against Gonzaga and Gonzaga, you know, ran us up out of that off that field like we weren't nothing. Um and it was cold as crap which made it even worse. But um I would love to go to Bird Stadium and take in a Maryland game. But definitely that's definitely, definitely something you want to experience i I'm, I'm gonna do it within the next year whatever True. Uh, 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 I think that's like, something we need to we need to plan to do like a Skybox, you know trip to 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 a Maryland game to check out the Maryland game and then talk about it on the show that following wednesday well, that should be We surely we promising. you need to look at that real talk. I mean you need to get yeah. to a, look at the rest of Maryland schedule. See games we're getting summit towards November. Mhm. We gonna have to make that happen. No doubt. A hey, poetry, a hey poetry. There's, there's, there's an idea for you. You know, we, we like, we want, we gonna, we want to do a trip to Maryland to to Bird Stadium and take in a Maryland game and then talk about it on the show following that. So be on the lookout for that. That's gonna be awesome. So chills. I could. I can't really see you, see, you, but I could tell that the the gears in your head are like moving, 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 and you want to get into. You want to address the elephant in the room, which would be, you know, our our favorite team in Burgundy and Gold, and what happened on Sunday. So I guess there's no time like the present to get into that. You know what? Let's go. Oh man. So. Oh. On Sunday, the Washington Redskins lost another game. This time, it was to the New York Jets, which drops the Redskins' record to two and four for the season. But here's here's something that here's something that stood out, stood out about that loss. In four of those losses, four of the Washington Redskins' losses, quarterback Kirk Cousins has thrown two interceptions in each those four losses. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, every time it, every time he throws an interception, that, I mean, that's pretty much the game. Like here's my problem with this. Kirk Cousins is 0 and ten. Well I take are back. The Redskins are always hinged when Kirk Cousins throws two interceptions or more whenever he starts.
0: That's
1: that. what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? That that that's concerning. That that's very concerning. That's extremely concerning that um that they have not that Every time Kirk Cousins throws two interceptions or more, the Redskins don't win because what that tells me is that the bottom line is because Kirk Cousins is guaranteed to throw at least two interceptions in a game, as long as he's starting, we're going to lose a lot of games. Um, and like I said, that, that, that's extremely concerning. But you know what else is concerning? And I actually brought this up uh, earlier when I was talking with uh, with a friend of mine uh and I was uh, when I was doing the guest spot earlier on 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 another show I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two numbers give you two numbers 34 and 221 now people are probably asking what are those numbers what are those what do those numbers have to do with anything here's what they have to do with the 221 was the amount of rushing yards the Jets had 34 were the Redskins rushing yards? Yeah. The Redskins rush for thirty-four yards as a damn team in a sixty-minute football game. I said it earlier, and I'm gonna say it again. That is un-freaking-acceptable. acceptable. That is unacceptable. That a team for sixty minutes can only run the ball for thirty-four yards with with three capable. Running backs. Oh, here's the kicker, though. Well, first, Matt Jones didn't play Sunday because he was injured. Right, but we still had another running back, though. Here's Here's the kicker, though. How many rushing attempts did the Redskins have in that game?
0: Let's see. Let's see.
1: Because as like I said, they had 34 rushing yards, which was like absolutely abysmal. I'm like, how do you have 34 rushing yards in in, 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 the, in the damn game? But, I mean, I can see your point because from what I'm looking at, 17. 17 attempts. Yep, 17 attempts. on
0: the
1: 17 attempts, for 34 yards. Okay. Apparently, I mean, I'm going to address another elephant in the room. Jay Gruden is clearly abandoning the run. A lot of people say, well, the line isn't doing that for the run game. Well, how can you abandon the run? I mean, on 17 attempts between two running backs. I mean,
0: shoot! It
1: was one game. Uncle Morgan only had six attempts. I think. I mean, I just find it funny that, frick, that freaking Chris Ivory, him by himself, had more rushing yards than the entire Redskins team combined. Chris cool. Ivory had one hundred forty-six rushing yards. Huh? Because Ivory also had more rushing attempts than the entire Redskins line, Redskins running back. Yep, twenty to seventeen. Here's here's another here's another stat. Um, the time of the time of possession of the Jets versus the Redskins. Okay. The Jets offense was on the field more than the Redskins offense was. The Redskins thirty-two. The entire game. Yeah, I mean the time of possession was thirty-two thirty-nine Jets to twenty-seven twenty-one Redskins. Yeah, they live.
0: That's what they live for, Jim. Mm. That's what you sit in bed and scream about.
1: That that you you don't they're not going to win too many games when your defense is out there on the field for for about thirty-three minutes of the game of a sixty-minute game. You're not going to win many games, and I mean you can't blame it on penalties because there were only four accepted penalties in the game for 20 yards total. Exactly. So you can't blame penalties. You can't blame sacks cuz we cuz Kirk Cousins didn't get sacked um at all. You, all you, you can't you know all you have to blame it on the fact that you didn't like like you said he didn't he abandoned the run. And again, this is something another point I made earlier. You cannot under any circumstances Trust Kirk Cousins to go out there and throw it thirty five, forty, forty five times to win. It's just not going to He's happen.
0: He's he is not that quarterback.
1: quarterback. He is not. He threw he had forty three passing attempts. He went twenty five of forty three, one hundred and ninety six yards, one touchdown, and two picks. He had a fifty seven point nine quarterback rating. Whereas Ron Fitzpatrick, who has been, has been known to be inconsistent, went 19-26, 253, two touchdowns, one INT, and a 113.1 quarterback rating. So how is it that a guy like Fitzpatrick, who's been a known backup, he has always been a damn backup, how in the hell does he outperform and how, does he, how the hell does he outperform somebody who's supposed to give this team a, chance, a better chance to win? You know why? Because they ran the damn ball. Exactly. They, they ran the damn ball. The, they did something that they did something against the Redskins that actually get Redskins their the two wins of the season. The Redskins were dominant running the ball. Now it's all of a sudden you're running he's running the ball less and less and less. But when your defense has been out there for the entire game, your defense is not coming off at all. Your defense is tired, is worn out. It's been, is, it, it, it has, your defense has been exposed for too much and too long. It's going to get weak, which it did, and it was going to give up the run, which it did. If, no matter how good your defense is, it cannot hold. If you keep it on the field. If your offense does nothing, your defense will eventually wear down. Exactly. Exactly. And you see that the Jets' defense didn't wear down because, you know, their offense was staying on the field longer with this, you know, sustaining drives with running, mixing, running pass. Jake is too one-dimensional. I mean, let's look at this. They went into the half up 13 to 10. They were only up 3 points. Okay, 3 points. That's fine. Okay. Second half, they got outscored 24 to 7. 24 to 7, which was the same story they had before against the Eagles. They um, you know, they they went into the half leading the Eagles and then the Eagles outscored them. But the problem was that they still was able to score enough to stay and win the game. There was an article I think that was I saw from CSN Washington that I didn't get a chance to read. I'm gonna probably read it later on and post it in the in the Facebook group. But the pro, but the Redskins have been outscored seventy six to zero in the third quarter this season. So, essentially, the third quarter is the Achilles' heel for the Redskins because teams in the third quarter outscore them, and that's how their games are won and lost, is in the third quarter of games this season. All right, Here's what I've noticed since week one. Okay. Dave Gruden doesn't make any adjustments from the first half going into the third quarter. Zero, <clears throat> zero adjustment. Like is is his opponents going go into the half, they make the adjustments that need to be made and always find a way to out coach him. His I mean, this is reasons why Jay Groom is not a head coach. Anytime when you go into every game and don't make any adjustments to from what you did in the first half There's something wrong. Your team will suffer. Your team will struggle. Your team will not stand a chance, which this team isn't. This team does not stand a chance right now. I mean, I I look at the talent on the team. Okay, yes, we have injuries, but injuries is an excuse. The Good coaches make adjustments, make moves to adapt to not having their their stars in the game and still being able to produce and win. If your scheme, if your coaching, if your system is that strong, it doesn't matter who's out. You still can be able to win. At like, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, here's the point I made earlier. It seems to me that Jay Gruden is too focused on trying to be an aerial team because he's the former quarterback. He's too focused on wanting to be an aerial team and, you know, things like that, that he's not trying to be balanced in his offense. What he needs to do is first and foremost, he needs to stop calling the plays. You have an offensive coordinator sean LeV- uh, you have an offensive coordinator you have an offensive coordinator who's a smart, smart football mind. It's been said by a lot of people that he has an extremely brilliant i q when it comes to football <laughs> let your office let your o c do his job and call the plays. Don't have your o c just write the playbook and then you're out there calling the plays, let your OC do his job and call the plays. Know the situations, call the plays, period. You should not be out there as a head coach. Your your job as head coach is you're overseeing everything, not just offense, not just defense, not everything. So you should be letting your coordinators call the plays for their side of the ball and you should just oversee it, and, you know, if you feel as though they need to go a certain route, then, you know, based on the game plan, and you tell them, look, let's go this way, or let's go this way, or this, that, and the third, Jay Gruden just number one. He needs to just give up the play calling. He needs to give up the play calling. He needs to let his offensive coordinator call the plays. First Honestly, and foremost. He needs to let, Secondly,
0: he
1: needs to let Bill Callahan call the plays. I mean, let, let's get real here. Let, let's keep it real. You mm, need to uh, get, you, you I, need I, to get a play I, call on who can manage actually manage a game. I'm I got. Saying, I got to. I'm, di- I, I'm just saying. I just. I got to disagree with you because I mean, Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach. You know, his main responsibility is the offensive line. Yes, Callahan does have experience. You know, coaching. He was the head coach for the Raiders. He was the head coach in Nebraska. He has head coaching experience. Yes, I get that. But again, you have an offensive coordinator in Sean McVay who is a brilliant mind. And he's young, but he's still brilliant. He knows what he's doing when it comes to offensive schemes. Let him call it. He's the O. C. Let the O. C. call it. I'm pretty sure like ninety five percent of NFL teams, the their the offense is being called by the O C for the most part. Yeah. There are very few teams 90. in the NFL where the head coach is calling the plays. And the ones that are, if you notice, if they struggle, the head coach finally decides, Okay, you know what? I need to let somebody else call the plays. Look at look at Cowboys. Jason Garrett was calling the plays for the longest time, and they struggled. So he finally said, "You know what? I have an offensive coordinator for a reason. Let me let him call the plays and see what happens." And what uh, happened? And they started to do who, a little bit better on offense. Okay, who who was that coordinator when Jason Garrett finally gave up play calling? Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan. Exactly. I'll admit that. Yeah, it was Bill okay, Callahan. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not that, I'm not taking that from Sean LeVay. Sean McVay. Yeah, but yeah Sean McVay. I mean, yeah, okay. Bill Callahan is offensive line of coach. At the same time, I trust this play calling more for the simple fact that, one, he will never abandon a run. Two, he is a brilliant, experienced offensive of mind. He's better at managing the game. I mean, realistically, Bill Callahan might be the Washington Redskins' new coach. I'm I'm going to put that out out there now. It just might happen, or at least be a serious candidate to be that. But let's really, let's really, let's really go on to this. All right. So, Jay Gruden had another press conference after the loss. How many? How much longer will he make excuses for Kirk Cousins? I understand this is the quarterback that he's riding with, that he chose to ride with, that he chose to put his job on the line for, but how much more BS are you going to feed to the fans, the media, and to the rest of the world? How much more? Come on now. He made excuses. He tried to downplay curse interceptions by saying that it was windy. How many NFL stadiums were windy on Sunday that had a lot of heavy wind? I've never in my year, being a football fan, heard a head coach with so much excuses. I never heard a head coach use the weather factor as an excuse. Like, come on now how how low can you physically stoop? Like, seriously, what's the lowest? What's the law that Jay Green can go? He, I mean, right he'll now, probably blame a ground. He'll probably blame a groundhog if you know Kirk Cousins goes to run. And he slips and falls and fumbles the ball. He'll probably blame a groundhog, say a groundhog tricked him up or something like that, or or maybe he'll say oh, uh he'll be playing the turf. Huh? He'll, next he'll probably blame the turf, or he'll probably blame or he'll probably blame c- catering for you know Kurt playing bad because they'll say oh uh, you know catering made him sick or. Or or some garbage like that, and because you know catering made him sick, you know made him made him sick, and because of that he played broke poorly, you know something something like that. I mean, you know that that something like that.
0: Man, uh-huh. I
1: don't know. I mean, I never seen a head coach make so many excuses for a guy that's not even a worthy starter. Like, I mean, is this is this where we're at now? Like. This is this what we're really doing in 2015 now. With it, I mean, I, I don't know no no more. It's like I don't know. It's all possible hope on Jay Gruden. I don't know. It's all possible hope with Kirk Cousins. But I'm looking at Jay Groom like, okay, this Bama really wants to be either, He's either that clueless or he really wants to be fired. Because this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make any sense. Okay, check this out. This question was asked to me earlier, so I'm going to ask you the same question. Is six weeks enough time before, like, before, you know, fans and the media start breaking out you know, pitchforks and starting bonfires, wanting to, you know, one to lynch Kirk Cousins and get him out of town? Is six weeks a long enough time or is more time needed? Six weeks is too much time. Because at this point, this team is not looking better with him starting. Yes, it's only weeks. It's about to be week seven. However, your quarterback Has one of the highest has the highest turnover ratio out of starting quarterbacks with fewer snaps. That's a problem. Your quarterback locks onto one receiver. Your quarterback does not read blitzes. Your quarterback doesn't see the entire field. His decision making is horrible. It's like I, I can go on and on and on, but here's my here's here, here's my here's another one of my problems. How can one how can these Kirk cousins things, When I say things, I mean fans make excuses or bring up RG three every time Kurt has a bad game. That's uh, something else that that we that was talked about earlier too. Yeah, that that. That's something that's that's ridiculous, you know, like Kirk Cousins has a bad game and then RG three all of a sudden comes up in the conversation, it's like, you know, that man that man doesn't I mean, Bomani Jones said it best when he was um when he was on um the, the man cave on ESPN nine eighty that RG three don't play for the team no more. He has a uniform, yes, he has a uniform, he has a locker, but he don't play for Redskins no more. He don't. So
0: why is he being
1: mentioned? Because I mean, these fans don't have nothing else. They need excuses. They need a reason why. They need a reason to continue to believe in Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins is not giving them any reasons to keep their hopes up. He's not giving them any reasons to believe in this. To believe in him. Let's be let's be real here. I mean, this, I mean, this is bad. Like, I mean, this is terrible. I mean, Archie at his worst; has never been this horrible. I'm at the point by if Kirk Cousins doesn't perform well Sunday against the Tampa, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers, somebody needs to be fired. Let me tell you this. This is this Either, is the um a quarterback change needs to be made. I'm sorry. This is it has to be done. This is what I said, you know, this is what I said earlier. This this is what I said earlier. I said um that six weeks um in, in in a situation if Kirk if Kirk Cousins was a rookie, this was his first year, six weeks is not enough time to say okay, he needs to go. But being that Kirk Cousins is in his fourth year in the NFL, then you have to, you know, I still say that let's see what he does Sunday against a subpar team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's see what he does. Can he go out there and actually play like an NFL quarterback against a very subpar team like the Buccaneers? If he goes out there and struggles against the Buccaneers – then it's time to say, okay, bye week. Bye week is here. We got the Patriots after the bye. I think it's time to make a change. I think it's it's time to realize that Kirk Cousins is not, you know, is not what you know. Jay Gruden needs to realize that Kirk Cousins is not what he thought he was, and everybody's going to realize that he is who we thought he was. Um, so that was that was my thought process on it. And Jay not admit. I think Jay Gruden will admit that. Nah, he won't.
0: He won't, but, I mean, he, he needs to. That's the
1: thing. That's the thing. He needs to. He needs to realize that we Kirk Cousins is who we, we, who we thought he was, a backup at best. Exactly. And then on top of that, he needs to realize that he has three, three very talented running backs, three of them, Exactly. He needs to utilize I mean Exactly. I mean that's what here's my thing. Okay, you have one who can, who's gonna pound it straight up the middle. You have one who can run up the middle and outside. You have one that can help you in the catching game. Like, may I say do I need to say more? I mean you can line Chris Thompson all over the place. You can line him up in the backfield, you can line him up in the flat. He showed you he can run routes. Just like a rookie. He also give you that change of pace back that the skins haven't had in a while. You have right Matt who's very versatile. I mean he's a power back but he can run like a speed back as well. He can handle a low handle the lows just like Morris can. Do you have Alpha Morris, one of those backs that just get stronger by the carry that can wear down a defense. You have this three headed monster that you're not using properly. I mean, I understand that people when the Kirk Cousins come to the game, the defense, the defenses have stacked the box. Nor is going to be a run. This is what you do as a coach. You make adjustments. Put Cousins in a shotgun. Put Cousins, put Cousins in different formations. Have Kirk, have Kirk throw actually throw long, so it can open up the running game and keep the defense honest. Put cousins in a situation where he can take a shot at the defense. It does even if it doesn't even if he throw incomplete passes. Stretch the field so you can keep the defense honest. That's what I'm not saying. Like, seriously, it's not that hard. This is ba- this is basic football. You saw the fundamentals. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, I hear I hear what you're saying. I mean, it it, it it is basic, fundamental football, but obviously, you know, that sort of thing is, is, is lacking from, you know, our head coach. It's lacking, and it needs to, you know, in order to ride the ship and make this a respectable season, you know, it needs – something needs to change. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want this team to go to the playoffs, and this is why, because – the team as it is now, if it goes to the playoffs, we're one and done. Period. We win the division, we're one and done. We go to the wild card, we're one and done. Either way, we're one and done because we don't have a quarterback on this roster that will give us the success in the playoffs to make a run. Period. It's just not it's just not going to happen. So, that's what my thought process on that. It's like you know we don't have a quarterback on the roster right now that can lead us to the promised land. It's not even. That's you know, just my opinion. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm, not wanna, I'm not even going to put this on the quarterback. We don't have the head coach that can coach us to the promised land. We don't have a. We don't have a coach that can coach us to a nine to seven season. Let's be real here. I've seen this guy get outcoached by the by the first head coach that was fired this season. That should tell you something. Yep. Yep, Joe Philbin got fired, but before that he outcoached Jay Gruden. Exactly. That should tell you something. I mean, not to, not to throw it in anybody's faces, but I'm, I'm being honest. Like, come on now. You get outcoached by a coach that was fired before. we back exactly yeah come on now you gave you gave this guy his only win of the, season. the game where your team where your where your coaching blew the game because you felt that they had time of judgment. okay here's why I say six weeks. Kirk Cousins has been in the West Coast offense since college. He is he is a pro style quarterback. He was that in college. He was that intern in the NFL. He's that now. He's in this offense that is tailored to his strengths, and he still struggles. He's been in pro style offenses. Since college, and he's still struggling. He's still making peewee mistakes. Locking on the one receiver. Not seeing the field. Not picking up, not reading blitzes. Not switching, a, not switching the offensive line protection. He's also, he already knows where he's going with the ball before he throws it. Pretty much saying that he's really, he's already planning on throwing to a certain receiver. Like he's his lock ones are terrible. I mean he doesn't check for the check down receiver. Nothing. All everything that people say that RG was doing Kirk Cousins is doing. Only difference is he's getting rid of the ball to the other team. People would talk about R G three taking sacks, holding on to the ball so long. Facts are not as costly as interception. I'm looking at Kirk Cousins, and I'm just saying, like, okay, he, this offense is not new to him. This style of play is not new for him. How, but he still is not succeeding. So, yes, six weeks is too long. For a quarterback that has years of experience, in the style of offense. He has more than enough starts to be struggling. He has started every year. He has had starts in every season that he's been in the NFL. So he does have experience as a starter of this though. His interceptions are just blatant stuff that he should already see. The sad part is he locks on to his receiver so bad that he can't tell that the corner is watching him. His interceptions were because the cornerback was watching him. This is not a rookie quarterback. This is not a second-year quarterback. This is a four-year quarterback that has came out of this offense, that, that has this offense tailored to his strength, but yet he still doing stupid shit on the field. So, yeah, four weeks is too long. I mean, the problem is that, again, they're trying to rely on this kid go out there and be like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or, you know, Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers or Peyton Manning, go out there and throw it 30, 40 times, and that's going to be their way to win. But the difference between those quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins is those quarterbacks, number one, have the talent and the personnel around them, and number two, a lot of them have a run game that can somewhat back them up. You know, so... That's the that's that's the okay. common denominator. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a lacy, but yeah, it's, not, it's not even that. You don't have the quarterback to do that. You don't have the co- you don't have the coach putting it, putting the quarterback in a situation where he can throw that many times. Because honestly, you would throw forty times, and all most of your passes would be short passes. It, but that can still be effective. If your quarterback that if your quarterback is not used to throwing that many throwing that much, it's going to be a problem. Because I mean, the, the Redskins have a nice receiving core. Yeah, they do. Because these receivers do get open. However, we don't have a you don't have the quarterback to get it done nor the coach that could put him in that position to develop himself to be that quarterback. It's not gonna work. Aaron Rodgers, is not only as a around Ronald, he was developed to be that type of quarterback. He was groomed properly. He was put in situ- he was put in the situation to be that type of quarterback you have a quarterback that still lacks a lot of things to be a starter, you're going to have problems trying to groom him into something. Well, I ain't going to say you're going to have, well, going to have problems, but it's going to take time to groom him into that, which it will. That's something that you cannot do overnight or in one season. Very true. Very, very true. But, got I think about something else is that Aaron Rodgers was a, uh, I believe he was a first-round pick. Yeah, he was late, uh, very great, late first round. Very late first round. But he was first round, and, you know, he was he had the, the, uh, the privilege to be the backup to Brett Favre. Kirk Cousins was a goes- fourth-round pick, and he was backup to another rookie. That goes to show, I mean, that just backs up what I said. Aaron Rodgers was groomed. Probably. Right. I mean, you had possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. With a great offensive of mind, a great quarterback coach in Mike McCarthy. He was groomed properly. Right. It's, he was put into a position to take over a team when it was time for him to do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. Trust me, I hear what you're saying. I'm just like, the bottom line is Jay Gruden put his name, his his job, everything on the line for Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins basically is basically hanging him out to dry. And instead of Jay making sure that his quarterback that he put his name on is held accountable for it, he's making all kinds of excuses as to why he's struggling. And it's, it's going to be all of that. It's going to be the reason why, definitely, you know, honestly, Jay Gruden's going to be out of a job, and we're going to be starting from the beginning again. Honestly, Jay Gruden was a mistake that should have never happened. <laughs> I mean, I understand everybody should get a shot, but if you look at his track record with, hell, with the Bengals. He's, he's thrown... it. It was times he threw Andy Dalton under the bus. Then you look at those plays, playoff appearances where he, his play calling was out coached by defense, defensive coordinators for, what, how many years in a row? Three years in a row, I believe. So, I mean, those were, those were quite huge question marks. I mean, Here's a guy that came in here telling he sold Dan Snyder on a dream that he could turn Archie into a pocket pass. Well, he didn't even try. He basically, and to be honest with you, Jay Gruden basically sold sold Dan Snyder wolf tickets. Yeah, that's what he. That's he what basically was. sold a wolf. He sold a wolf tickets, and now. What do we have? Wolf garbage. <laughs> wolf do-do. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, wolf garbage. I like that one. Wolf garbage. I'm gonna have to use that. <laughs> but um, that's that's what we have, and that's what we go, we're going forward with. You know, and right now we just got to ride the ship. You know, hopefully make it respectable, and then we just got to do something, do something next year because apparently you know, our franchise quarterback, True Beto, is not on this roster. Honestly, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to put too much into this. But, I feel as though, RG is the most athletic quarterback in the skin type. He's the most talented. Hate to say it, but if you really look at his abilities, he really is. All you need is come to the conclusion that pocket pack, being a pocket QB isn't going to work for him. He is very strong on play action. He is very strong on throwing on the run. Here's what you do: you get an offensive coordinator that can coach to his abilities. Get him. Pump, get him. Confident again. Get him comfortable again. Put him in the offense where he can shine, where he doesn't have to take three to five to seven steps drop, drop steps, whatever. Let him do what he is good at doing. Give RG, give RG back his run game. That's something that has been missing. Jay Groom came in and wanted R. G. to not depend on his run game. What quarterback you know that can't that doesn't depend on his run game? Like, come on, now. That's like saying I want a quarterback to be able to depend on depend on without having his good receivers or his starting offensive line. Every successful quarterback. Needs a run game. It is what it is. Even Peyton Manning has a run game. Yep, he does. He does. But I think we've I think we've exhausted enough time talking about this, my friend. Yeah, actually, it's almost it's almost in time. Yeah, almost time to say goodbye. <laughs> yep. Ugh, man, so we have another. We have another London game this week. Are you going to watch it? If I'm up, yes.
0: Oh, he said man, you're up.
1: You know, bro, if I'm up, I mean, you know, my brother does work uh, Saturday night, you know, get home until, like, 5 a.m., like, close to 4 to 5 a.m., so yeah.
0: That
1: yeah, London I do the London game is the Buffalo Bills versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do the Jaguars Man, have Buffalo? Jaguars. Jaguars. Nope. Uh, nope. Hell no. Yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah. Sorry, Jacksonville, but yeah. At Blade the end of the day, y'all. Do it. Y'all are still the Jaguars.
0: <laughs>
1: Basically. Oh man. Well, ladies and gents, it's been real chills, champ, C C Skybox. It's been another great episode. Ooh, catch y'all next Wednesday. Same time. Uh. However, y'all will hear us again on mic check. Yep, As me, Battle of the best. One hit wonders. Ready for that? Well, that's a, well that's gonna be a fun conversation, dude. Oh yeah, I mean I got a few I got a few songs right I got a few songs I know nobody would have thought of to play. Yeah, we will we will all find out tomorrow night. Make sure y'all tune in to Mike Shack, Ten PM Eastern time, nine PM Central. Friday night we have his and hers. Poetry Bishop, Luce Diva, free, almond joy, dining. Sunday we have the fresh. Luce Divin and the Bishop. It's been real, y'all. This is chills. I'm going out so I can go to bed so I can wake up at quarter to four in the morning. And this is champ. Holler at you. Ace. With lucky
0: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry.